Uh, Brett Phillips with a tennis update. BP, thanks for your time. No, thank you, Kane. Jared. Well, it's that cons- time of the year now, BP. We're heading into the tennis uh, season. All eyes and ears will be uh, attuned to that. But all of a sudden, there's this uh, this threat of the Saudi money uh, hovering above us. Yeah, look, there's certainly deep in discussion, the tours, no doubt about that. I mean, if we go back probably a few months ago, there was talk about Saudi Arabia securing the United Cup uh, yep. beyond uh, 2024. Now it's all about creating their own Masters 1000. There was a report about a week ago that they may look to purchase the current licence off either Madrid or Miami. We know there are nine Masters 1000 events underneath the slams uh, for the year. Now, obviously, that uh, discussion has sort of um, become all about them getting their own Masters 1000 event, which would take it to 10 uh, in that first sort of week in January. But as Peter Johnson has floated today, I mean, you know, you could start this sort of tournament you know, possibly late December, which gives... Um, you know, the top-line players, more time to get to Melbourne. Look, the uh, the tours are seriously talking to the Saudis because obviously they're cashed up. Yeah. They want to get involved in tennis. And obviously there's, you know, the, the current uh, group who do make pretty good money, who have a chance to make some better money. This is all about, too, trying to filter that money down so that player 101 through to probably 400 can actually, uh, you know, feed themselves and get above the breadline in tennis and make a much more sustained living. So... Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see where it goes. But, gee, we've had a different Australian summer probably for the last four or five years. The mm. traditional events replaced by the ATP Cup, the United Cup, the Hopman Cup's gone. It'd be nice to uh, bed down something. But, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Those discussions expected to ramp up in Turin at the ATP Finals next week. And that's the concern, I think, uh, BP. We seem to be cannibalising various things. I mean, the, the Davis Cup was the first thing that was cannibalised, now no longer really... Uh, holding it's anywhere near the, the same prestige as it once did. Uh, the United Cup, it, it was a slow start last year, but, but a good start. Um, and yet all of a sudden, if the tours are going to cannibalise each other, then uh, why would you have faith in trying to put together something like the United Cup, which uh, Tennis Australia have done, and with the support, it would seem, of the tours, um, if they're all of a sudden going to turn around and, and uh, try and have the cake and eat it too? Yeah, look, there's a lot going on in, in tennis, Jared, at the moment. The calendar's probably the, the biggest uh, topic of discussion. The PTPA coming in, looking to you know, set up this professional tennis association to you know, look after the players, their welfare, long-term tennis has never had that, so that's bubbling around in the background. I mean, we know the four Grand Slams run totally independently, uh, so they're keeping a watch on this. I mean, look, if, if the Masters 1000 went ahead... And we used, to, we used to have Doha on the calendar yep, as part yep. of the lead-in. So some of the men would go to Doha, get to Melbourne. Uh, but a lot now like to bed themselves in Australia. But if you had that week before gap, what is a 16-hour flight, Saudi Arabia to Melbourne? I mean, we know with uh, you know the French Open, you've got Rome. The week before, that's a you know, little hop, skip and jump across to Paris. Cincinnati into New York's not far around the US Open. This is logistically um, a little bit more problematic because you've got all the best players who would go to that 1,000 event, and it'd be interesting to see if they you know, included the women as well, which means those leading tournaments here, like Brisbane and Adelaide, the fields get a bit diminished. But, yeah, look, there's a bit a bit to play out. But the Saudi interest is strong, and the tours, um, they'd love their money, but obviously there's a bit to work through, obviously morally and ethically mm. and everything else, you know, and getting into bed with them. How much progress are the players making on rewarding the, the players that you speak of outside the top 100, money-wise? 
The PTPA is, is bubbling along. I had Ahmed Nassar came on our show the first serve, going back probably six weeks ago, really comprehensive chat. He's the executive director. He's worked at the NFL. He's worked in other leading American sports. Uh, obviously, Djokovic started this, so they needed a team to come in and, and really run the, the, the back end of it all. Uh, they're making some small inroads. I mean, the ATP announced uh, probably six weeks ago that they've brought in this uh, baseline um, formula for the players ranked up to 250, that they will be you know, covered um, much better financially if you have injury, if you have a layoff from the tour. Uh, they'll compensate. So there's, you know, they're trying to at least get the top 250 in a really good position. But now it's all about trying to extend it further down uh, the tennis tree so that you know, it makes it an appealing sport to get involved in, you know, because uh, <laughs> not everyone can reach the absolute top echelon. But if you, mm. I'll tell you, if you're the 250th ranked player, you should be making a living out of the sport. You're a pretty good talent. Mm. If we take a line through Liv, Liv, uh, you know, rocked the boat for a period of time and then there was a deal done behind closed doors which gave the Saudis a fair control over which way the sport went. Do you have any fears for perhaps the independence of the four slams? No, I, I don't. I, I, don't think, I don't think tennis is going to allow what happened there. Um, I think that that's the, the sticky part of the negotiations. I mean, the Saudis obviously later this month are going to host the ATP next-gen finals, so it's the first tournament they've been awarded. I think the WTA finals probably would have been there this year, but yep. they, didn't have, they didn't have long enough to negotiate. That went to Cancun. It was a disaster with the weather last week. Mm. I'm sure they'd love to get the women's event, and the WTA aren't as flush financially. They need dollars, so they've missed out on China uh, the last uh, few years, which was a bit of a cash cow for them. Uh, so, but I think, you know, the, the slams... The slams are safe. They do run independently. There's the history around the Grand Slam, so I can't ever see that changing historically uh, in tennis going forward. One story I've been fascinated by, BP, and um, I'm sure you've covered it as well on the first serve, is, is Simona Halep's doping uh, drama and the positive test. Now, the development over the weekend was that her coach, Patrick Moritoglu, has come out and he says he's taken some blame for sourcing the collagen which they believe has been contaminated without their knowledge, Simona has taken that and then tested positive and he's put his hand up and said, well, it was sort of, sort of my fault. We've always been told, though, as athletes, it's your responsibility for what you put in your body, but Simona's hardly going to test the supplement herself. I'm so torn on, on where to sit on this one. Other than that, I've got incredible sympathy for Simona Halep because you do put your trust in the team around you and the team that you employ to, to get the best results. I mean, the whole world, Kane, has gone into bat for Simona Hallett. She never had any previous um, yeah. incidents, any history. A fair athlete, uh, a world number one, uh, Grand Slam, dual Grand Slam champion. She'd done everything right. So, you know, you believe her on uh, face value. I mean, Patrick's, it's interesting he's sort of come out and settled this now. I mean, he's obviously yeah. been a staunch defender of hers. He has... He's gone into these, you know, um, arbitrary meetings and trying to. He's, he's sat there with her and been part of all of that, but he's never really come out and said this. What eighteen months, twelve, eighteen months down the track? So, yeah, it's a, it's a look. It's a really difficult one. It, it just sh- should not have got into this situation where it's such a slow-moving beast to resolve it. It's absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. So, could she, co- what, hopefully, like, could she yeah. come back, BP, and actually? Um, compete. Like, how, how long is too long to be out? We've seen many tennis players come back. Um, mm. We've seen Kim Clijsters come back after after yep. time off, and others have done it. 
I'm not sure how successfully, but do, do you feel like she'd be in the shape to come back if she was cleared? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, when we're seeing, you know, obviously players come back from giving birth. I mean, we're going to see Angie Kerber and Osaka back this summer. Wozniacki coming back just recently at the US Open. Hingis um, did it you know, back in the day. Yeah, players are playing, you know, a bit deeper uh, now. The, the money's good. They're trying to hang around and, and cash in. Um, we're seeing players play to their sort of more, you know, 35 plus. So, yeah, I think she's still young enough to come back and have an impact on the sport because up until she was um, provisionally suspended, she was playing some pretty good tennis. She'd found her mojo again. Patrick coming on board uh, was having some good results. So, mm. yeah, let's hope it's resolved sooner rather than later. And the Australians beaten overnight in the uh, Billie Jean King Cup in uh, the finals in Spain. Any chance we can come back from the first loss? Yeah, well, that was a shock uh, last night. Uh, the Minos, uh, Slovenia. Uh, mm. They've got a couple of players who aren't too bad. Kai Uvan and Tamara Shedanchik, who actually made a semi-final in Paris a couple of years ago. But look, Alicia Mollick made the call to go with Isla Tomjanovic, Jared, last night, who'd only played five matches this year, and she looked like she'd only played five matches. Yep. Darius Devil totally outplayed. And credit to the new world number one doubles player, Storm Hunter, who basically jumped off a flight from Cancun went straight to the venue and suited up in the doubles and got Australia a win. So, yeah, we've got to beat Kazakhstan tomorrow night. We'd want to win all three rubbers there to you know, give us a chance of qualifying for the semis. But, yeah, Does Kimberly Beryl get a selection, given she's our highest-ranked player, or uh, will Alicia back up the girls that uh, didn't get it done? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's a, a tough call to make. You know, I, I think Isla didn't play too badly last night. But she had some sliding door moments. She was leading a lot of games where she was 40-15 up or she had you know, uh, break points, just couldn't get over the line. So maybe better for the run. You know, She would likely face the second player, Potenceva, who's a really tough competitor from Kazakhstan. I feel like Alicia might yeah, back in Isla and Daria is uh, too much accomplished across time, even though yeah, Kim right now is their top ranked. Any others to watch as we lead into the summer of tennis, BP? Apparently, Nick Kyrgios is doing commentary. Uh, Kane at the ATP oh. finals in Turin next week, which um, <laughs> surprised me. But I don't know if we're actually going to see him out on court. He hasn't entered anything uh, at this stage. But look, our Aussie men are in, in really, really good nick. Uh, you know, there's a couple are playing over in Europe this week. Dimonor and Purcell had a good win overnight. You know, Popperin's had a good year inside the top 50. So the men are flying, to be totally honest. And um, you know, I think we can expect a pretty big summer uh, from our Aussie men who get that little opportunity, that little window to play at home. And I noticed that uh, the Joker, he's gone public. He wants to break all records. He wants to even beat uh, Nadal's record at the French. He's uh, he, he's not going anywhere. <laughs> and he can, he, he can play a schedule which is the, the four slams. He plays the bulk of the Masters and just a, a few little events around that and that keeps him nice and fresh he's been durable he that one little period didn't he with the elbow he was out for a period of time other yep. than that he's been pretty durable across the journey and he knows um he knows that he can still beat all these young guys jared so i think he's going to hang around until um you know maybe one injury derails everything or just the mo he loses his mojo but right now he's still the king and he'll be that for some time will he be playing at 40 yeah it's a good question um yeah, I don't know. I mean, it could be... I mean, look, we at one stage, you know, thought... Uh, well, certainly Roger got there, but, yeah, yeah. well, he didn't really get there. He didn't play any mm. tennis, really, in the last two years. That last match at, what, 41? Yeah. Uh, but it's, it just depends. If he has one injury, it could just, you know, be all over. But I He think doesn't he get injured. He plays current... with hamstrings and wins yeah. tournaments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if he stays in the current physical nick that he's in and he's yeah. still in supreme condition... Uh, 
I can see another three years at the top level. Which is frightening for everyone else. Uh, BP, uh, all over it as always. Look forward to chatting to you throughout what's going to be a, a busy summer of tennis. Indeed. Thank you, gents.